If you are interested in learning about careers in cybersecurity, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Hey, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now. If you've been following us in this journey, this is one of our career chats. So in this series, what we do is we connect with people in different careers so you can get a better idea of what it is that they do and maybe if it's an interest that you're interested in pursuing for a career. So today, um, we have the privilege of having Jared Miller on, actually one of, I think like one of our first friends, me and Warren's first friends out here, you and Melissa, when we moved out here to Merida. And um, I'm going to read his bio because he works in cybersecurity. And then we'll jump into questions. So Jared is a cybersecurity professional, husband, father, and personal finance advocate. He was born and raised in Atlanta, in Atlanta, Georgia, where he attended college at Clayton State University and began his career as an IT help desk and desktop support technician and became a traveling cybersecurity consultant who traveled throughout the U.S. for client-specific engagements. Since then, he has started his own LLC in cybersecurity and is currently living and working remotely in Mexico. (laughs) Jared, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm elated to be here and uh, open to uh, assist anyone that's interested in in being a part of the cybersecurity uh, industry. So we'll just jump right into the first question. So we already know your, do you want to give kind of more specifics to your title and what your title is? Yes. So uh, cybersecurity is a pretty broad, huge industry. Um, A lot of times, you know, based on the the infomercials or based on what you may hear from various schools and colleges, uh, we get the perspective that cybersecurity is all about stopping hackers, whereas there's a lot of different opportunities and areas that um, runs or happens within cybersecurity other than just, just, just stopping hackers. So yeah, I actually do what you call identity and assets management. And what that is, is that's being able to audit and track everything that an employee and contractor has access to within uh, a company. So you think about cybersecurity, you think about people uh, obviously breaking onto networks, um, into systems. My My job is to make sure that employees have access only to the specific things they need within their work function and also being able to audit that. So we have a lot of different industries like healthcare, government, where there's some sort of auditing that's ran yearly and annually, or sometimes even biannually. And my job is to make sure that records are kept up to date in these systems so that these clients can report back to um, whatever government agencies that they have to report to. That's really cool. Yeah, Jinx. Um, (laughs) That is very cool. I've never heard of that, like part of cybersecurity. But thank you for dispelling the myth that it's just uh, stopping hackers. That's really cool. Can you talk about like how you got into the field to like when you were in college, was that your major um, or did you kind of do some like teach yourself or some boot camps or how'd you get into or how'd you become familiar with the field of I guess I'd say IT and cybersecurity specifically. Right. So IT, um, so I went to school during the years of 2007 to 2011 
And this was pretty much right before cybersecurity was even an offering at universities. Um, so I went for IT. And um, at that point in time, I wanted to do something in networks, uh, like network administration, you know, being able to build networks, administer networks for companies. And uh, I took that route, which was IT, obviously. But given that I came out in 2011, that was a few years after we had the major um, housing crisis and the economy had tanked and went south. So what was happening during that time was the IT industry, it was a lot of uh, too many people, not enough jobs. It was oversaturated. Um, so I actually started off in IT and help IT help desk and desktop support, but I was having issues trying to work my way up into you know mid-level career. So what I started doing was I started doing certifications specifically around cybersecurity because at that point in time, I was working for a healthcare facility and they were building up uh, Children's Healthcare Atlanta to be exact, and they were building up their cybersecurity team. Um, so I got involved in certifications and then some of the workers that they had hired that were a little bit more older with more experience. I actually did some projects with them and did some shadowing around my work schedule. And it's interesting that you mentioned too, because I remember growing up when, like when me and Kiki were going to college, we, all we would hear was IT. The term mm -hmm. IT security wasn't really a thing either. So when you mentioned that, I was like, yeah, I don't recall that at all. And like, Science, when I, I was looking. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. 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 Um, so something that you mentioned earlier was that there's different kind of different fields in terms of cybersecurity. So you said you could do healthcare and you can do different fields. Can you go a little bit into that for us one more time? And if, yep. and is sure. there, like if you're in school, do you have to study a certain path for healthcare or can it kind of just over cover everything? Does that make sense? Um, yeah, so in school, essentially the way I say it is cybersecurity is probably one of the newer industries. Um, like, so if you think about like right now, the new buzzwords are AI. Um, and um, there's a virtual reality. So cybersecurity is still very much new and very much required, right? Because if you think about it, you have a lot of companies that have data. Um, they'll tell you in cybersecurity, the most important asset for companies are data. And then with that, obviously, we have all the political stuff that's going on between the world powers and all of that. So cybersecurity is a much needed skill and we don't have enough people to meet the demand. So it's very, actually, it's easier to get into cybersecurity right now versus IT because IT has a lot of more older uh, employees that have been set in the industry for a long time. But in terms of education, uh, if you're looking into like specific government positions, it's good to get certain certifications. Um, I'll name a couple like the Security Plus certification, the CISSP certification. If you're looking to get involved um, uh, yeah, with different companies, the best thing to do is if you're actually at these jobs already, just say if you're doing something in IT or if you're doing something uh, maybe on the business side of whatever uh, company you work for, see if you can get involved in some of the projects that they're doing for cybersecurity. Um, and like I mentioned a minute ago, what helped me was I had a shift where essentially I would come into work and I worked from 7 to essentially 3 p.m. every day. 
I will come in two hours early and actually jump on with the cybersecurity team and actually shadow and watch them do some of the projects. So to me, the best thing to do is to get certified. You don't always necessarily need a degree. Our certifications go a long way in IT and also cybersecurity. Um, and I'll use this as an example. While I have an IT degree, I've seen people from different backgrounds get into cybersecurity. One of my good friends, um, he and his wife, her husband's in it, and he actually um, came from, he just left being a police officer and he's in cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. He just got a couple of certifications. I've even seen people that may have worked in warehouses and they were like forklift drivers and then they worked their way to cybersecurity. So, you know, you can definitely take the approach if you, you know, if you're young, you want to go to college, they offer these programs now. But at the same time, if you're an older person and you don't really have the time to go back to school or you may not necessarily have the financial resources, you still have options or ways to grandfather your way into the into the field. Wow. Hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was going to say, so I work at a community college and we get a lot. I don't work with IT students anymore, but we get a lot of students, like a lot that are like, I want to do cybersecurity or I want to do something in IT. I don't want to get a degree. So they come and we do. Well, I guess some of the classes that we offer prepare them for certifications. So I know the ones that we they get prepared for, like the comp TIA, like the different ones Mm -hmm. in that in that kind of sphere but and it really i mean i'm sure it's helpful for sure can you just can you just talk about so like you have a background you have education in the field can you talk about if there's like a a difference like a big difference like i mean obviously it's not required to have a degree can you just speak to like maybe the learning curve that someone that doesn't have a degree and has certifications there's like is there a difference or do you think certifications can put them at the same level of learning that someone with a degree has. Hope that makes sense. There was a lot of words. Yes, it does make sense. I think certifications um, is the best bet. And again, I still think that actually being able to shadow projects within companies. Um, And I say that because education is very important. But what I've learned is with technology, things change so much and so fast that by the time you come out of school, there's new technologies. So kind of what you learned in school is already, um, I guess, antiquated, or maybe there's mm-hmm. something more newer and better, right? Um, so the best thing to do, like I, I use this for an example, if you're already working at a company, they're actually already trying to handle their cybersecurity issues. Um And a lot of these different corporations now, they offer different programs where you can kind of move around into different departments, um, learn different features and things like that. So to me, being able to jump in and learn what's happening now um, is more important than what's happening in school or what you're learning in school. Because unfortunately, a lot of professors, even in academia, don't always necessarily have the latest and greatest of information. And again, if you're young and you're coming out of college, I mean, you come out of high school and you want to go right into college, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's definitely a lot easier to um, kind of grandfather your way through uh, just based on certifications, attending webinars, attending conferences, right? A lot of these cybersecurity, different companies, they'll throw conferences out in Vegas. They'll throw conferences out there in like San Francisco. Those are great ways for you to get out and network with the locals, right? You can go out to these different conferences and they may need, you know, expertise in certain areas. Um, maybe 
for cybersecurity and they need some project managers. Well, if you're already doing some project management or something business related at your current company, that's a way to get your foot in the door. I think to me, the most important thing is networks, being able to uh, have uh, connections. Those would take you, in my opinion, much further um, than, you know, a bunch of education. Because um, my first cybersecurity job was actually when I left Children's, I started doing uh, consulting. I was a traveling consultant. Well, that gig, I got landed that gig through a connection that I knew at a certain company that was like a startup. And they had a bunch of projects throughout the United States. And I joined that co- that company as a junior uh, in cybersecurity and I kind of worked my way up that way. And that was based on some connections I had built. So when you're talking about cybersecurity, this is how this is how I'm kind of like mirroring it with something else. So like if I hear like ed tech, if I just hear ed tech, I'm like, oh, so you're looking for people that know how to create the product that serves an educational purpose. But like when your conversation that you were talking about cybersecurity, it's like there are further jobs that are broken down into, like you said, project management. And but to me, it wouldn't come to my mind automatically. But I'm like, yeah, project management, you would need something like that to be to take part of um, ed tech or you may even have customer success jobs underneath that because it's still part of like ed tech. So mm-hmm. it sounds a little bit similar in um, cybersecurity. Can you kind of talk about maybe there's some more like different positions within cybersecurity? Like, do you have people that maybe develop the programming or or what that kind of even looks like? Because when I think of cybersecurity, I think of when I'm at work, we have to do like a it's like a two step password process like i'm not sure Mm -hmm. if sometimes people Mm -hmm. have a hand in that as well for security so can you kind of name i guess it's some different roles or break it down Mm -hmm. a little further for maybe someone who's like what exactly is i know it's security but what exactly kind of security Mm -hmm. like you know sure so with technology even with cybersecurity, there's always a business need Uh, business takes priority over technology right so a lot of technical people they get into these software, these tools, but they never understand there is a business reason as to why all of this is actually being created and incorporated within a, a company, right? So one of the things uh, that's big in cybersecurity is what you call um, policy, uh, compliance and policies, right? So you have just with these business people at the company, they have to meet certain um, uh, industry uh requirements where it's like okay i'll use like the payment car industry for an example anywhere you go in the united states and if they accept credit card or debit card data that is false under what you call pci um pci compliance so there's certain things they have to do in order like have certain firewalls uh have certain policies written and things like that these are actually developed by business people that have no technical experience. So I personally am more technical, but I work with a lot of people in the industry um, that has a business need for things. And these people, while they're not doing maybe what we would consider the cool things in cybersecurity, they are a part of the industry and they have cybersecurity background and titles. Um, So anybody that does like any sort of administration work, office work, they can actually work their way into some of those different roles. Um, so you have people to write policies that companies must abide by. You have people that 
make sure the compliance is correct. Maybe you audit certain employees. Maybe you audit certain systems, right? Make sure that these systems have whatever certain components and things like that that's necessary to meet those um, those uh, security obligations and what have you. And then you also have the project manager. So whatever new systems that are being onboarded or incorporated or brought into uh, the companies, you have project managers that's managing those. You have people that go out and get the requirements that's necessary and build out the use cases for these different tools and products. Those are business people because what they do is like if you're a consultant like I am, if we get assigned to a new client, we don't really know at the beginning what is exactly needed. We may have an an idea of what's needed, but we need someone that's professional that can go out to these clients and say, hey, let's sit down and do working sessions for a week and we'll meet from eight to two or eight to three every day and we'll get all you all's you know, pain points, issues, so we can develop whatever requirements and things like that you need to be able to build systems. Um, and then like if you want to switch over to the more technical side of things, you have people that monitor networks, uh, monitor uh, websites that that employees have access to. Right. You want to make sure that uh, maybe you don't want your employees to have access to Facebook and Twitter for a certain amount of time. So you may have that block for maybe the majority of the, the, um, the corporation, but you also have your other social media people that must go on like Twitter and LinkedIn, mm -hmm. Facebook and post different statuses all day. So you have to be able to allow that population to access things. Who's going to be on certain applications, right? If you have a finance team or you have like, for an example, Workday or ADP, where you're keeping up with benefits and you're keeping up with pay stubs and tax information, right? You only need a certain population of people to keep up with that. And so you will have, you know, this whole enterprise broken down and then you have specific cybersecurity personnel tied to these various systems. So like, as I mentioned, I do identity and access management. I'm tied to a specific function, whereas you have, you know, people that's over here making sure that, you know, maybe in the healthcare facility, people can't access uh, patient data or being able to go in and edit records. So it's a lot to this and it's very broad. And since it's so new, it's a lot of opportunity uh, for people um, that that wants to that want to get involved. Great. And if I speak to more of the job titles, you know, you have mm -hmm. compliance officers, you have uh, technicians, you have analysts, you have consultants, um, project managers, you have managers, directors, um, a lot of different titles. I have, a, I have a friend that he got a new job, like it's been maybe eight months now, a little bit less, but he does like, like when he got his job, he was like, I'm going to be doing compliance. And we're like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, I don't know. You just explained it better than he, he has, he ever has. Um, but no, it, it, it sounds like what he does, like the compliance for like applications and things like that for the bank that he works at. So mm -hmm. that's just like cool to hear. Like, yeah, that's a part of the workflow that you, that you will have as well. Can you, exactly. yeah. Can you talk about some of the like challenges and also like highlights of what you do in your in your career, whether that's your I know you have like your own firm now, but like just like in the, in the all of cybersecurity, what some of the challenges have been in your experience and your highlights as well? Yes. So in most cases, uh, it's always uh, challenges with project teams. Uh, 
you think of technology, right? Our biggest issue is technology. That's not necessarily the case, right? For every issue out there, there's some sort of technical solution or a way to solve it, right? Um, a lot of times within these projects, since cybersecurity is such a high demand, um, and since it's so new, you have project funding. And in that project funding, we will have a team of people, a project manager that's managing it, but you may have corporations that only have a certain budget allocated to that. So we run into a lot of the stress come in as being able to complete, you know, these projects and requirements and, and deployments and implementations on time. And what happens is, you know, as these teams are huge or some are small, like the bigger the team, I've noticed the more complex it is because you have more people and more ways and areas for things to go wrong. Um, so to me, some of the more successful projects I've been on are easier to manage. I've been some of the ones with less people. Uh, you will assume, right, with more people, a bigger team, that it'll be much easier. You'll get more things done. Um, that's not necessarily the case. Um, a lot of times testing these solutions can be challenged because it's, again, a very new industry. So where you will have a lot of different startup tech firms put out new software that supposedly solve these issues. But, you know, it's not a one size fit all kind of matter. Right. So there's always some sort of customization that's required. And we notice when we go out to these clients, a lot of these solutions sometimes don't necessarily always be best. Uh, even after they've been sold, they're not necessarily the best for their environment and their setup. So that can be a challenge. Um, being able to manage these solutions after the uh, after they've been installed is also another challenge. So since it's still new, you have a lot of companies, they don't necessarily have the personnel with the experience to be able to manage these cybersecurity solutions. Um, and what they'll do is they'll contract, you know, those different functions out to um, you know, people like myself where we can come in and manage it for them, continue to tailor these systems and things like that. Um, so it's a lot to it, just like with any other project. When I think about, you know, cybersecurity and in layman's terms, I think of it as like building like a, 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 a skyscraper, right? There's so many things that can go wrong. Even though you have so many people on the ground, you know, you can run out of funding. Um, you can't always see what everyone's doing. So you might have 50 people working in the system and trying to get it deployed, but everyone's not necessarily deploying it or doing or coding it because there's a lot of programming to these systems as well. Um, so kind of going back to earlier, you can have programmers work their way into cybersecurity because these systems have to be coded. Uh, so there's a lot of things like that that can go wrong. Um, and, you know, while that sounds bad, that also presents other opportunities because when things go wrong, you're going to need people to come in with solutions or ways of addressing like failures. So there's two things that I notice for cybersecurity. So, and I'm even just like thinking back to like how technology has evolved, like with us in, in our length of of being how old we are. We're not going to tell you how old we all are on this podcast um, to date ourselves, but even just thinking of. Um, security. So cybersecurity really can just work in any industry, any business, any organization that's out there. And I'm thinking of the many different ways in which it can work. So I'm even thinking of like back in the day, I feel like everything was more was more paper. And even though we were starting to once we had computers, we started putting things into filing and systems. Um, 
there wasn't necessarily security. So, but we wouldn't we wouldn't think that. So that's why it is relatively new, like in its own aspect. Because I'm even thinking of like my mom's programming when she had it home daycare. Then she went to a bigger daycare, and that's like you have to, you know, as you move and as you grow and as you go, you're like, oh, I need security. Well, I probably need security for this for this kind of information. And you have like FERPA, you have HIPAA. So mm-hmm. the, it really can fall in a bunch of different industries. And it kind of sounds as though there are, like, as you mentioned before, there's definitely different roles within cybersecurity. So would you say that that definitely leaves area for um, opportunities for growth for people to pivot into different um, jobs within cybersecurity? Or would you recommend maybe people do different certifications or what do you think? Yeah, I agree. So like you just mentioned a big one, HIPAA. I used to be HIPAA certified, uh, IT HIPAA certified, right? So like you've heard example, if you're working in healthcare, you kind of already know what these HIPAA regulations are, right? And how what you should be doing to protect patient data. Like if you're a nurse or if you just happen to work out there like your mother did, you know, okay, well, we can't expose patient records, right? Um, we have to make sure when we walk away from computers, we lock our workstations. We have to make sure that we use strong passwords, right? We can't use simple passwords. We make, we have to make sure that we don't click certain links in random emails where we had to, you know, have viruses installed or people requesting your passwords. So if you know those basic things, the only thing you're really lacking is maybe some technical uh, ways on how to protect that such data or avoid things like that. And you can kind of just start reading books, taking IT certifications and kind of build that that experience up that way. Because, again, that's kind of what I did. Again, I started off in healthcare IT as an IT technician and I worked my way into uh, an IT security analyst. And all of it was pretty much self-taught with, of course, being able to go sit in the room with other uh, project people at two, three o'clock in the morning and watch them do deployments. A lot of times, you know, you may not even have all the experience, but when people see that you're eager, you're willing to learn, you're willing to do things, you know, out of bounds of normal working hours and things like that, that's a great way to kind of work your way into uh, a cybersecurity role or any position for that matter, right? In most cases today, companies will prefer to have someone who's hungry than someone that's possible or more so educated. Um, because if someone's eager and willing to learn, you can pretty much teach them anything. And a lot of these companies nowadays, since cybersecurity is so new, they're doing continuous training. They're sending people mm-hmm. to trainings throughout the U.S., sending people to conferences, uh, webinars, and things like that. And a lot of that is paid for uh, by whoever you're working for. But you've said it a few times. I just want to like clarify. Would you, would you say that because cybersecurity is relatively new, like anyone that maybe like, yeah, is like fresh, you know, just fresh, like they're just looking for people to start. Like you don't really have, like you don't really have to have certifications when you come, you know, it's more like maybe you've taken some classes and, you know, maybe you're on your way to certification. It sounds, it sounds like, you know, just someone that seems like hungry, like you said, and eager to enter the field. And Kiki and wants like, to know if we can break in because we're trying yeah, to. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're teachable, basically. <laughs> it's so broad. It just depends. For an example, <laughs> you know, if you were to find a very small company, right, that had no security measures in place, they may want somebody with all the chat boxes, education, you know, certifications and past experience. But if you look at 
a whole company like Microsoft or Apple or whoever that needs security personnel and they have the resources to do the training, they'll be willing to do it. So it just depends on the corporation's needs. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of these companies, like I'm going to give you a good example, what consulting, what I'm doing now, a lot of these companies, in most cases, they save money to hire new people fresh out of college or people that don't mm -hmm. really have much experience because what happens is I'm kind of getting to the business side of things. These corporations, they'll go get a client and just say, for example, that client, they may say, okay, we can give you S, Y, and Z for this budget, right? Well, the corporation can charge different hourly rates. They may charge maybe up to four or $500 an hour for a senior cybersecurity professional, right? But also that corporation, uh, that consulting firm, they may want to keep more of that money. So they may say, okay, well, we sold them that we can give them technical expertise, cybersecurity expertise for $500 an hour. How about we try to get two junior resources because maybe we feel this engagement is not that difficult and we send one or two junior resources where we can, um, you know, while we charge the $500 an hour, we can pay them less on the hourly wage front or, you know, salary and, you know, kind of get them some experience. And we also mm -hmm. make more money because we're not actually giving them a fully experienced, uh, you know, technical uh, person mm -hmm. or consultant. So it just depends on the firm. A lot of times, like where I am now, the company that I'm consulting through, that I'm contracting to, through my, my LLC, they keep slots available for junior resources. And right now I'm on a team where I'm kind of like the technical lead and we have some junior resources under us because again, it saves the company a lot of money. They're going to always pitch, you know, we have technical experts, we, we can do this, we can do that, but they always have some people that they can bring in to help them save some money and put my money into um, the, the company or management's pocket. So there's always opportunities out there. You have to search for them, obviously. But mm -hmm. again, building the right connections, you know, the right network and certifications. There are certain certifications you can study for that you don't have to have any technical expertise. You simply sit down and read a book. You know, depending on your work schedule, if you if you're you know you have a bunch of time, you can read some of these certifications and study for them in two weeks and go take the test and pass them. Hmm. You know, if you're a very busy person, you know, family, work, life, or whatever, you can actually take two to three months to read some of these books and then go uh, take the certifications. But um, there's definitely ways. They're always definitely looking for junior resources, um, and and there's always opportunity. Okay, so we can do it, because again, like you ladies right now, you are all professional, right? So I can easily see you all been in a requirements gathering session where you're asking clients information uh, to gather the requirements for new cybersecurity solutions to take back to the technical team. Professionalism <laughs> is very much a part of the industry. Um, they would rather have, in most cases, ladies like you talking than someone that's maybe overly technical <laughs> like myself, right? Because I may not make sense to the client, you know, but if somebody's right. coming in and they're asking very basic questions and they're getting straight to the point, 
that's better than me saying, hey, uh, I'm going to code this solution to do this. I'm using a bunch of technical uh, words that doesn't make sense. So it's always business need for technical people and non-technical people, because if you have too many technical people, mm-hmm. your clients can get uh, frustrated because they're like, yeah. hey, we have this guy on site and he's talking all these Linux and Cisco terms. We don't know what he's talking about. Can you send us on one that speaks English and, and regular language, right? Human language. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, hilarious. that's good. That's good to know. All right, Kim. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I know. And that you have a good point there too, because sometimes Warren Warren does all the tech stuff in the house. <laughs> I'm very basic with it, right? <laughs> or like, or he was even trying to explain something to my mom, and I understood what he said, but I was like, Mm-mm, "That's going over my mom's head." I was yes. like, "So you have to do this restart." every once in a exactly. while so it can refresh okay <laughs> see you'd be perfect there you go right communication is a big part of it and you need people and you know in those meetings you might have for an example you may be speaking to management kimmy and you make sense but then you always have that one technical nerd that's sitting in the meeting with their management and they want to talk technical right to our technical person. So now Warren's on the call with that guy and they're talking a bunch of techie stuff and all of that. So it's all really about making the clients happy, making mm-hmm. sure you have the right people in place um, based on their job, you know, their history, their background and all of that. So, yeah. And the last question that I have, if you don't have any others, Kiki, is what are some words of advice that you would give to someone looking to enter or pivot into your field? Yep. So the most important thing is to me is actually um, showing eagerness and the willingness to learn. Um, What I've noticed in my field is it's not always the most technical person that wins. If we're talking about the technology aspect of cybersecurity, I've been in interviews where it's like, okay, this guy may have been working in IT, cybersecurity, uh, more so IT for 20 years, and he knows all these things. But we got this person over here that's self-taught, and they're very eager, and they're going to be able to learn a lot within the next two to three years. And we can tell that they're more hungrier, right? Um, so getting into the field, I recommend, obviously, certifications. With certifications, you're reading these books, you're taking exams, you're getting a basic level of understanding for whatever part of cybersecurity you're trying to get into. But also building a network, building the connections, seeing if you can get internships. Uh, I, my first internship was actually an unpaid internship in IT. And I learned more with this unpaid internship than what my peers did on paid internships. Like this guy was taking me through the campus, showing me the network closets, showing me all the technologies, how to um, build, you know, networks, go out and fix printers, do all these things. Whereas I have colleagues that got a paid internship and all they were doing was responding to emails and setting up meetings. So you want to make sure whatever opportunities you're looking at for internship, whatever is the most technical uh, or get you closer to what it is you want to do, even if it's unpaid, do that, right? Worry about getting the skills now and worry about the pay later. Um, it's, it's, it's very important. But uh, obviously, if you're at a job now and you're with the company, see what you can do to get involved in different 
business units, right? If it's cybersecurity, you want to do see if your manager can work out a program to where you actually go shadow a team or you kind of get involved with projects. A lot of people in corporate America today that switch over to cybersecurity projects, they were already at the company and they were just participating in projects, participating in meetings, doing troubleshooting, helping different teams and things like that. So that's really what I would say are the most important key features into kind of getting yourself into the field. My last question is just what would you say are some of your like biggest accomplishments or highlights or things that, you know, you're just yeah, proud of with your with your career? Believe it or not, uh, this is going to sound very, I guess, simplistic. Professionalism. Um, when I started IT, I was very overly tech technical. Um, and my communication skills were not necessarily the best. I'm at a point in my career being able to walk in a room and talk to VPs and directors. To me, that's the most, that's been the most challenging thing I've had to do and also the most rewarding for me. Being able to be in professional environments in the past, I've done, you know, deploy new systems, I've trained staff being able to be up, you know, eight, nine o'clock at night um, and doing webinars like this while I'm training leadership on these new technologies. To me, that's been the most exciting part of it because I never would have thought, you know, that I'd have built up the confidence um, and the right communication skills throughout the years to be able to do this, but I have. Um, so professionalism is definitely, um, as it's not the coolest of things to say in technology, but that's been my favorite um, aspect of it. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's perfect. I think that's perfect. I'm just thinking of another interview we did with someone that was in welding. He he he's a welder. He said the same exact thing. He was he mm -hmm. said professionalism. You know, the technical things you can you can learn that in the in the workshops or you know in certifications or classes, but you well, I guess you really have to build that professionalism bone you know, so right, to speak. Exactly. So right. I think that I think that's just proof that, yeah, you it's good to have that like book knowledge. But if you don't have the social skills or, the, you know, the professionalism, like how far can you really go? So that, I think that's I think that's a perfect answer. It does. It's not simple and at all. Builds, yeah. Yep. It builds trust. Right. So like with mm -hmm. professionalism, mm -hmm. you can go to any client and build that trust, which is most important. Right. When you think about consulting, the, the consulting firms, they want to send out their employees that can build trust and a foundation with the clients first. That's the most important thing, because if you can build trust, these consulting firms are like, OK, we can continue to get rewards and more funding and projects and things like that from these clients. So if you can do that, you will always be in need um, in cybersecurity or any field for that matter in terms of um, engagements and things and projects. That's awesome. No, that's great advice. Great words of advice for sure. So, Jared, thank you so much for being on here with us. I, I learned a lot. I'm, I'm doing like some little IT classes and I feel like I learned more here than I have in the classes. Um, so this is really awesome. We appreciate you being on here. If you if you want to shout out any like social media or if people want, you know, want to reach out to you or if you're OK with that. Are there like do you have like LinkedIn or email or what's the yes. best way? 
Uh, LinkedIn is the best. You can find me, um, Jared Miller. I don't have the URL. Maybe I can send that to you afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, but Jared Miller on LinkedIn. You probably, my, my city is actually Washington, D.C. on LinkedIn. I don't think I've changed it since being in Mexico. But just look me up, Jared Miller, under Washington, D.C. And um, I'll be more than glad to add anyone to my LinkedIn profile and show people around. I have connections and things like that. Uh, most of my business comes from past clients, so that just speaks on how important it is to, to build connections. Very small percentage of my work is new connections. It's mainly people I've dealt with in the past. So connections are very important. And if anyone want to reach out and they have any questions, um, I'm willing to help. And I've also done some mentoring in the past for people that are interested in getting into the field. So uh, I'll support wherever I can. That's awesome. We appreciate that. You said at the beginning too, you said this is your way of giving back and we see it as we see it like that too. So yeah, anyone listening, if you're, if you were really intrigued by what Jared was saying about the cybersecurity field, or you were already, you know, looking into it or trying to enter the field and you need someone to support and guide you, Jared just, he just let you know he's willing and able. So thank you so much, Jared, for being here. We really appreciate your time. And your expertise as well. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. We appreciate your support. Um, you know how to find us on our social media, TikTok and Instagram. It's Yasin Podcast. And if you want to hear from more careers, please let us know. You can email us. You can send us DMs. You can send a pigeon. Just let us know. So that we that we know what you want to hear. But thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next one. See you. Bye. Bye. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Your Advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.